Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week we get into a different band, different artist. We break down one of their records. We get into the music, the lyrics, and everything in between. If you didn't already know, my name is Tyler, and way out there, hundreds of miles away, is Jeff. Go to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, give us five stars and five stars only. All the social media is at Asinine Radio. That's it. That's all I got for the boring intro. So what are we getting into today, Jeff? We, we are doing Kid Cudi's uh, Man in the Moon album. Toss and turn, I keep stressing my mind, mind. I look for peace, but see, I don't attain. What I need for keeps this silly game we play, play. Now look at this. Madness the magnet keeps attracting me, me. I try to run, but see, I'm not that fast. I think I'm first, but surely finish last, last. Cause day and night, the lonely stoner seems to free his mind at night. He's all alone through the day and night. The lonely loner seems to free his mind at night. At night, day and night. The lonely stoner seems to free his mind at night. He's all alone, some things will never change. The lonely loner seems to free his mind at night. At night, hold the phone. The lonely stoner, Mr. Solo Dolo He's on the move, can't seem to shake the shade Within his dreams, he sees the life he made Made The pain is deep A silent sleeper, you won't hear a peep, peep. The girl he wants don't seem to want him to It seems the feelings that she had her through Through Cause day and night the lonely stoner seems to free his mind at night. He's all alone through the day and night. The lonely loner seems to free his mind at night. Scott Miscuti, also known as Kid Cudi, began his musical career in Cleveland, Ohio in 2003. He currently has eight full-length records, two collaborative albums, one mixtape, three EPs, and one compilation. But Man on the Moon, the end of day, is what we're doing today. It's his debut record. It was released September 15th, 2009, and has sold well over 4 million copies worldwide. So, Jeff, what is your, uh, what's your origin story with the Kid Cuddies? Or is it Scott Muscuddy? What's How do you pronounce? I assume his last name is pronounced Muscuddy, right? I, I, would, I would think that since his name is not Kid Cootie. Yeah, um, that's true. I should have known. I should have, yeah. Muscuddy. That's, that's all right. I mean, I don't know. That's Who knows? Maybe it is Muscuddy. I've never heard anybody yeah. say his last name. To be honest, true, true. But Kid Cudi, yes. So, so what's your what's your origin story with uh, with this guy? Uh, just, just so like like just. Kanye West used to do this thing um, called Good Fridays a, a while back, and mm-hmm. and before my beautiful dark twisted fantasy came out, he was releasing a new song 
every week on Friday until the release of that album. And uh, it just had like a lot of different artists and things like that. But Kid Cudi was on that thing. But before that, Cudi had some, I think he had released Day and Night as a single like right before that or around that time. But yeah. what really got me into with Kid Cudi was <laughs> the the people we the people we used to hang out with in college, um, all those uh, like Cassie in them at, at yeah. their house, they were obsessed with soundtrack to my life. Like they were obsessed with Kid Cootie, the Kid Cooties. God damn it! And uh, that's what really got me into into him because I had heard I heard Day and Night, and then somebody did a remix of it that I really liked, but it wasn't anything that that I I. I don't know. I, I pursued. It wasn't until they played it a lot. And I was like, oh, wow. So, like, nostalgic played a factor in it. And then, like, when I started really listening to it, then I loved it. And then, I don't know. I kind of, like, went from there. And then he was also on a different song on the Good Friday mix with somebody else. I was like, oh, that's the same guy that did the Day and Night song, the soundtrack song. Like, I like that. That's cool. All right. Well, I mean, my my origin story with, with Kid Cudi, I don't remember the first time I heard him. Uh, I do know... It might have been, you know, hanging out with Cassie and and Mojgan and and um, uh, Christina, but I don't know. I that that I might might have heard it then. But the thing that really stood out to me was uh, when he did the song when Kikari did the song with David Guetta, the memory song. Oh, so that, good! That was the thing that like was like, wow, dude, this song is a f- this song is a banger. Who is this Kikari guy? And then then hearing Day and Night, and then just like, wow, dude, just. Those two songs right there are absolute fucking bangers. But no, it was what really kind of made me really get into Kid Cudi was when you were living in Portland and I came up that first time um, to hang out with you and Palmer. And uh, at the time, the song Memories with David Guetta was was Palmer's going out music. So Fuck that was yeah. a song we'd listen to every fucking time we'd go out. And then we just listened to a lot of Kid Cudi. And, Kid Cudi and Kesha were the two the two things that we were listening to a lot of when, when I was out there at least. And I, I think I'm sure you were just listening to them all the time, but, uh, but so there's a ton of nostalgia there, but that was like when I really started to get into Kid Cudi was that trip up to Portland. When I, when I lived in Portland, there was a, there was like a, a several artists that I just kind of in this same realm of, of hip hop, but kind of emo pop hip hop, but like uh Shwayze was one of them. Like I listened yeah. to a fuck ton of Shwayze. I listened to a fuck ton of um, Chitty Bang, uh, the Kid Cudi. There were a couple other ones too that was just like on repeat constantly when I lived in Portland, and I don't even know why. I don't know why like that that style of music, that style of hip hop, was really popular. But for sure, Memories was our going out music. God <laughs> damn, dude! I've listened to that song honestly with Palmer probably hundreds of times, hundreds of times. <laughs> I just remember. I just remember what 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 really sticks out in my memory. One thing that really sticks out in my memory about that trip was, you know, I was only there for what like four or five days or something like that. And every time you guys would put that song on, I would get really pumped because you guys would get so pumped. And it was just like this. <laughs> we would just like feed off of each other, like it's all this energy. Mood changer. It was it was completely a mood changer. And then we and then we drive to we because Palmer remember Palmer would drive us to downtown he or to the oh no we we he'd drive us to the max we take the max into downtown and then just party and then i don't remember how we would even get back who knows i really don't remember how probably yeah, don't remember how in we ways that we should not have gotten back but yeah. yeah 
Um, but yeah, just remember, just remember listening to to that song and then Kid Cudi on the way out to downtown Portland. And then that was the same time period where when we were at a club and then um, Yolanda Be Cool would come on. Oh, God. And That's the whole the too. whole bar would just fucking explode and we would just, dude, that was, that trip was fun, man. That was a lot of fun. But yeah, no, Kid Cudi was, was a huge, a huge part of that trip. As God weird damn, as it, as, as like sad boy too. music as it is, as sad boy as music as it is, it 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 fueled so much you know happiness and nostalgia. It's crazy because it's just it's it's hip hop, but it's also kind of like our era of of that emo core pop punk stuff. It's it's a blend yeah. of everything, and like that's that's what makes this album of the week so special is because it is a blend of all these different genres, all these walks of life coming together in this common denominator thing. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, uh, let's, um, let's kind of jump into the song. It's actually, before we do that, I, so this song was not recorded for this record. It was recorded actually, I think it was two years before the record came out. This had been, he wrote, recorded this, posted it on his MySpace. And that's how he was actually found by, um, by one of the producers. I forgot, forgot the guy's name. But he ended up he ended up finding Kid Cudi through his MySpace, which is just so funny and so outdated nowadays. Um, so yeah, I wanted to throw that out there about the day and night song and how just actually old it was because it was not recorded at all during this this right. these sessions. But um, yeah, so what do you have musically on this one? On 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 day and night? Are we uh, like generally? What do you want to do here? No, we're doing we're doing day, well. I mean, I guess we could do a general overview of the album real quick. Because like it is a it is a a a concept album and it's not even like a loose concept. It does follow a concept. It does follow a theme. It kind of follows a a beginning to end story, it, it, a little bit with songs here and there that that don't quite fit in there. Um, but but day and night. I mean, we could we could do day and night now, or we could go from beginning to end. What do you what do you what do you want to um, do? I, I don't want to go from beginning to end because there's like 15 songs. There's five acts throughout this record. Um, and so, yeah, it very much is, is a themed record. And I don't feel like every song needs to be talked about unless you really, really want to. I mean, we could skip the songs that we don't want to talk about. Like the first song, okay. In My Dreams. I mean, that's something we can we could skip. Okay, yeah, I mean, we could do that because I, I don't. There's There are two songs on here that I just don't care for. At all. Oh yeah, so let's what so I, I I don't have any stinkers, but I have one song on here that would be like the closest I have to a stinker. And it's not a stinker because I don't want it to be a stinker, but I really just don't like it. And that's that's higher. The second to last okay. song. Okay. That is that's my non banger. God, I really just don't I don't like that song. It doesn't really belong. Don't. It I does not don't. belong. I get I guess we'll get into that when we get through the record, right? Yeah. As we go through the record. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. we'll touch upon it later. Um, so yeah, let's start with obviously the first song, uh, In My Dreams, Cutter Anthem. Um, this is the start of Act One, obviously, the end of day, that's what it's, uh, Act One, end of it, the end of day. An intro, very dreamy, kind of ethereal feel to it. Not really much going on. Um, Common comes in at the end. Common Ooh, actually narrates all so the spoken smooth. word stuff. So smooth. Yeah, Common, man. The guy has a great fucking voice. This was I the same year that Universal Mind Control came out, dude. He's just dude. Like, that song. Fuck this. It was a good year. Universal Mind Control is is might be like a top ten or fifteen hip hop song. Oh, it's so good. It's 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 an amazing song. Not, the record's not that great, but the record's the record good. The record's fantastic. Is, I I haven't listened to it since since then. 
but I don't remember really digging it that oh, much. That's a good record. That's but that's the song. Universal Mind Control is amazing. Anyway, yeah, Common did the did the narration on this record. Um, I mean, is there much more to say about this the intro? No, I mean, I don't. I, this is not a banger for me. It's not an okay song for me. I literally just think that this is an intro. It's a good intro. It serves its purpose. It doesn't stay too long. But there's nothing here outside of just being an intro. Yeah, exactly. It and and lyrically, it's just Kid Cudi welcoming everybody to like this dream state. It's right now. It's bright and happy. And then once Common comes in, he starts talking about like more the more depressing, negative aspects of of life, society, and things like that. So it's just an intro. That's yeah. all I got on this one. Yeah. Not a banger for me either. It's like that part in the book, the like the prologue or or the acknowledgments yeah, or whatever whatever that prologue. thing is where. Or the art, or the or the author will say like, "Oh, I started writing this book when I was going through this and this, and so this is the mindset I was well, in." Yeah, and then the book starts. I don't read books, okay, but yeah. I think I've seen things like that before in books when I flip through them for pictures. Yeah, it's more that that's more of a more of an acknowledgement, <laughs> not a prologue. Yeah. Um. Uh. So yeah. Um. Next song, soundtrack to my life, second part of Act One. Uh. What, what do you have on this one? So this is my four B. Okay, I, this is not a B for me. That's stupid. This is my 4B. Um, <laughs> so dumb. He's just already dumb. Already dumb. <laughs> I have nine Bs. Come on, dude. Oh I got God. nine Bs. That's a, that's a lot of Bs. Exactly. Actually. Get the fuck out of here. I have, I have 10 Bs. I have 10 Bs, and then I have two songs that are, I just I put one as a low B, and then a mid-tier B. I put, I put one song that's almost a stinker, and then one song that was just okay, and then the rest were, were fine. We're good. And then the bangers. Okay. So this, yeah, one, this is just a good song. 4B. Yeah, I love those intro chords. Like, ring them out. I think it's a great progression. It's just like the right amount of, of reverb and decay on those like on those little notes. The ding, ding, ringing them out. I like mm-hmm. it. I like how the song relies on that chord progression while just adding like a ton of depth to it. Right? Because yeah. throughout the entire song, you hear that chord progression, that melody over and over and over. But then, like the chorus, it ties everything back, like to that melody. It adds things to it, and the chorus is really catchy. This whole album is just, is just like a—you can't really consider it like a hip hop album because there's so much focus and so much emphasis on chorus medley, melody. Medley, yes. He's actually like singing. He is doing things yeah. that that normal hip hop just kind of wasn't doing at this time, or was getting ready to do. But this was really like in the in the front, the the forerunner of it all. And I, I I like this. I do have a lot of a lot of uh, nostalgia because it's this song that that the girls would always play, mm-hmm. and like this was the song that they loved. It was this and Revolution. God, they were obsessed with that Revolution album, yeah. the first album. And so like I listened to this song so fucking much is because they'd always play so much. So there's a lot of nostalgia with me for this. But I do think it's just a really really good song. And he's got some good raps in there too. Like overall, he sticks to that sort of like melodic way of rapping that he does. There's a so, lot of inflection in his voice. He does a lot of cool shit. There's a he he does a lot of um, unconventional things with his vocals on this one. I mean, there's there's the normal rap stuff, like the normal like kind of flow thing. There's the there's the kind of fast stuff he does on a couple songs. There's the really off key stuff that he does, the spoken word stuff. Um, I feel like on this song, his flow reminds me a lot of Kanye because Kanye doesn't have the best the best flow. So he kind of has that. He kind of follows that same cadence that Kanye does. On this on this song, the the beat is very very bouncy. It has and the the synth line it actually reminds me a lot of Ratatat, even though they did they weren't involved with this song. 
I still heard a lot of Ratatat on this one. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, the song is still really good. The song is really good. I just, I can't, I can't list it as a banger. And I don't have the, I mean, I don't have the same nostalgia as you, even though, you know, I was around that, that time too, but I don't really remember the song too much from that time. But uh, yeah, this is one of the, this life. is, this is one of the few songs too, that wasn't, there wasn't like a shit ton of people on it. Like writers, producers. That's true. Yeah. It was only, he was, it says that Kid Cudi was the sole songwriter on this one. And then. It was produced by um, what, Haney. What's the guy's first name? Emil Emil Haney. Emil Haney. Emil Hirsch. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Emil Hirsch. <laughs> so annoying. Um, so yeah, the soundtrack to my life. Um, so what do you have lyrically on this one? Uh, so like, I have a lot of lyrics for this one, actually. But okay. uh, this, this is this is like this is this is Cootie Kid Cootie Kid setting Cootie. the tone and theme for the album. It's 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 crazy honest and it deals with his ongoing battle with emotional issues. I love the line where he says like his mom got him all the presents he wanted. Mm-hmm. And then he wonders like how she did it. Like, how did you do that? Like that's like, the, like the trope of rappers talking about bitches and hoes and, and bling. Like that's, that's something that's just thrown out the window on this album. That is non-existent except for one song with other rappers, ironically. Yeah. Because this is just like an emo kid. Like, Kind of like us growing up in, in an era where we got into like that emo pop punk realm of the 2000s and Kid Cudi's the same way. He liked a lot of the same bands that we like, and but he also kind of wanted to be like a hip hopper. And this is just the perfect song that blends everything. And is it like, it, I don't know, in the first verse, he kind of goes over his whole life and, and the early issues that his mom dealt with. And set up like his adolescence and things like that. And I like how sort of naive his thoughts on depression are, right? Because mm-hmm. he thinks that no one on this planet, because he says like on this on planet Earth, no one on this planet understands what he's going through. And that's a natural thing to kind of think, but it's very, it's very childish. Like really, dude, like no one on fucking Earth has gone through what you're going through. That's not part. That's that, that's not possible. Somebody's done it. Not possible. But it's it's True. great because this song is is. Is, it's it could honest. be very relatable. Yeah, it's honest. It could be very relatable. Like who cares? A lot of people like, feel who that fucking way? cares, man? That's so. That's so. That's so childish a thing. But like we all think that. We all think that. Even like even as like a grown ass adult, when you feel stressed or whatever, you mm-hmm. feel like the whole world is coming in on you. Like no, like nobody can possibly help you. How am I gonna get out of this? But you do. You digress. You move forward. And this is the first. Like th- literally, this is the first song on the album. That, besides the intro, that's just an yeah. intro. This is I the first do, song on the album. Without the intro. This would be a better opener than than having the intro there. I I only I like the intro. I wish it was just like an instrumental thing leading into Common and then mm-hmm. leading into this. That's true. Yeah, that would have been better. I would I would like that because God, I love Common's voice on this. I just love Common's voice, dude. He just sounds so fucking smooth. He's so pleasant. Like his voice is so pleasant. I I love it. And this was also <laughs> like yeah. like like that 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 movie. Actually, this I think it was the same fucking year. Street Kings with Keanu Reeves. And Common was in there too, and like I don't there remember was, that movie. Oh my god, Street Kings was so good. But there was <laughs> yeah, there was no a recollection of that. There was a, there was a scene in there where Common is talking to Keanu Reeves, and he's he's telling him like how how hard he is and how like how scary he is. He's like, yeah, I'm I'm. He's like, we're straight up nightmares. But the way he says it, just like, oh god, it gives me. Even when I think about it right now, I, I get goosebumps. <laughs> oh, Common's voice is so good, man. So good. <laughs> it is really. But good. he's like. Cootie's like sad mad God. in the song. He's sad and mad in the song. Yeah. The song is powerful because he really feels he really feels like no one understands or was there to help him in his early life, even though that's probably not true. There's probably even people 
that did help him. But that doesn't matter because that's how he feels. That's what he's doing and coping with that that death of his father, which is the underlying kind of depressive thing of the album. He's mm-hmm. still dealing with that. He's still dealing with it today. Like it affects him today. And this album is just like a culmination of him growing up, feeling isolated, feeling alone. And this is all the first song. Like this, all, all this whole thing is just coming in the first song. The it's a great. I think it's a fucking banger. It's a great it's just, piece it, of statement. It's so silly. It's great so silly. So I mean, I agree with you. Every lyrically, I agree with you one hundred percent. I mean, you you hit the nail on the head. I mean, and then at some point too, he talks about his drug use to help him escape, and then you know, suicide as a way out. I mean, he he touches upon everything. Like, he gets super vulnerable on the song, and it's a great way to start the record. It is. It really is. And the line too, where he says, where he says, "Ignorance is love," and I need that shit. And he, the like the way he says it, yeah. it, he he kind of like throws it out a little bit more lazy, like a little bit more, a little more happy. He almost sounds like like relieved when he says mm-hmm. just that one line. Like he's so broken that he wants to just be ignorant to things, so he doesn't have to deal with the shit. Yeah. Yep. Oh, it's so good, dude. So friggin' good. Do you want to play a little bit of the song? <laughs> no, it's okay. You hate it, so we can move forward. Oh my god, you're so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to Simple As, third part of Act One. Um, what do you have on this one? This is my five B. This is my eight B. Okay, thank God. Will, will we play B. this one? Will we play this one? I if we both think it's a B. I mean, okay. that's a pretty deep B though. We don't really need to play it. Okay. Well, okay. Well, what do you got on this song? Um, dude, you gotta love those A B C one two three lines, right? Oh, I love it. That's, I fucking that's very, love it. That's very like like Jackson five. Like that's what you kind of already thinking. You're already thinking like, oh, I don't know. I, I don't. This is from like a, a commercial or some robot. It was, like, thing. It was a performance called A B C Auto Industry, and I still couldn't figure out exactly what what it was. Uh, yeah, there was <laughs> there was like nothing. I watched the video. It. Yeah, I watched the video. I just I was like, what? what the f-? It's reminding me of like some weird German. Like public access thing, I it, it yeah. was super fucking weird. That's the best way to describe the video. I was thinking like Daft Punk before they were like Daft Punk, and they did this weird video for like PVC or something. PVS, PVC, PVC, polyvinyl <laughs> carbonate. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what PVC stands for. I don't know either. Um, I think it's polyvinyl though. Probably that sounds about right. There's a lot of layers to this one, though. A lot of, like, spacey-sounding things, and this one's just its just really fucking catchy. And the chorus works, man. It's simple. It's basic, right? Yeah. It's all you need. Just simple as that. Simple as that. Truly yeah. is. He also he also switches up the um, the way he, uh, he raps, too, because in the verses, it has kind of that kind of lazy drawl. I guess that, that's the best way to describe, or that I could describe it, is a, like a lazy drawl. And then the chorus comes in. It, it's much catchier. And him, like you said, it's him singing the simple as part. I, I, I do like that change up. It's not just the same thing throughout the whole song. Um, and then, so the first part of the song is Cuddy, then it stops and we get a little like interlude with Common doing the spoken word stuff, which is really cool too. But, uh, oh, also I really like the um, the, the sample drum beat. It's like kind of, I just, I just, it's just a cool upbeat beat. It's nice coming right, off, I, getting into I something was... a little bit happier after a, a really sad song. I was, I was, uh, well, cause you said like, like the first half is a little bit more difficult or something to get through. And the second half is just super easy peasy. Yeah. And, oh, and the first, the first half of the album is, is harder to get through, but the second half is just fuck banger, 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 banger. Did you, are you, were you I heard you snapping. Were you I was snapping? snapping. Oh yeah. You know, I, you, you know, snapping? I love to snap. 
you do snap, clap, whatever you like the little Rice Krispie treat guys. Snap, snap crackle, crackle, pop. pop. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh That's shit! So, what do you have lyrically on this one? I think it's kind of a fun song he threw on here before like the real shit hits. Not like yeah. I don't think this was like super deep. It's more of a statement of like kind of like, oh, this is who I am. It's that simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this uh, really the first act it, to me, the first act is him setting up his life, setting up his story. So you know where he's coming from. The second act comes in and it's act two, Rise of the Night Terrors. And this is where he gets really deep in deep into the weeds. It gets really dark. Um, I mean, he just talks about a lot of fucked up shit. And act three is is honestly the best act of them all. But, um, but no. So so I mean I I think this is just a good build up, a good world building of the story over the entire record. Simple as you know, rounds that that act out. So I I really I like on. I really like how how we're already just a handful of songs in, if that. And we, he's not afraid to sing. He's just really not no. afraid to sing. Even when he's off key, which is yeah, qu- no, he's often. a terrible fucking singer. Yeah. But he's it's okay. awful. But, but it's like okay because the the lyrics and the 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 feel and the intensity seem so honest and pure. To yeah. Where you're like, okay, I, that's fine. It's it's cool, man. Just just we keep just going. we Let just ended grunge season. There were times where, good lord, Kurt Cobain sounded like shit when he <laughs> yeah. sang live. Where do bad folks go when they die? Like he just yeah. butchers that song, but I love it. Love we it. Just, to we just we we had like a ten minute conversation about how much we loved the fact that he sounded like shit. <laughs> and Cuddy's doing the same thing here. Yeah, and and fun and funny enough, Kurt Cobain is one of his idols. He loved yeah. Nirvana. Like there were multiple performances where he he wore like the muumu that Kurt wore used to wear during certain performances, and so it's like he he throws it back to Kurt Cobain quite a bit. He's thrown it back to Kurt Cobain quite a bit during his career, which is really rad. Super rad. As Aquabat would so, say. Exactly. So let's jump into uh, to Act 2 it's of Act the two, Night Terrors. Act 2, baby. Annoying. Um, all right. So Act 2, Rise of the Night Terrors is the next part. And we start with the song Solo Dolo Nightmare. Uh, this is also not a banger for me. Okay. Is this a banger for you? It is. It's my 10B. <laughs> okay, so it's a very, very, very low banger. I so like the way the way I kind of like I do my bangers is is as I listen to the song, I'll 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 write like the banger right. So when I first listened to soundtrack, that was my one B, because yeah. I've not gotten to anything else yet. And then solo dolo was my three B, because simple as that would would have been my two B. And the more I kind of like go through the list of songs, I say, is this song better than the one before it? Like, no, it's just it's just not. And even though I really, really like Solo Dolo, I do. I have, I have a lot of notes about it. I really, really enjoy the song. There are just nine other songs that are just for sure, hands down, better than this one. But it's, I still really fucking love the song. Yeah, no, I, I get it. I do. I do the same thing as as, as I go along. I, I'll put down as I'll put it down as a one B, and then I'll change it as I go along. I mean, that's I think that's the best yeah. way to to write down your bangers. But, that's the only uh, way to do it. But no, this is this it. is Pat. this is a really good song though. This it really is. I, I like what he does here. Um, it it has it's very dark and menacing. It's a good way to start out this whole act. Um, nice use of the plucking of the violin strings throughout the entire song. The whoa whoa woes are so whoa, fucking good. Whoa whoa. There there's such a light, it's like the lightness that you need in the song because the song is so dark and kind of ominous. 
I, I think I think those woes are much much needed and perfect for the song. Dude, I I I I really do love like everything about this song. I love that piano riff, right? Yeah. Ding, 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 tapers off at the end to let the melody in. The song is so incredibly dark, so incredibly heavy, and it sticks to that concept and it doesn't stray. A lot of these songs kind of like add layers. Maybe there's a part that is not as aggressively like dark or depressing, or the way he raps will be a little bit more more happy. Like, no, this song is just straight fucking dark. This song is just it's a nightmare. It's an yep. absolute nightmare. Yep. <laughs> I've really... I love those O parts. I love those O parts because like the bass, the bass comes in and note matches. Mm-hmm. Bam, bam, bam. But you need so those good. woes to bring in the light a little bit. Because otherwise it would just be way too depressing. You need you need some sort of positivity, some sort of brightness in the in the song. I, I don't know. The, I, the, I really like it. It's nice and subtle. Kind the of. amount of like brightness in the song is like if you took like a black piece of construction paper and held it up to like the light and just poked a tiny little pin sized hole. That's how much light <laughs> comes through in this fucking song. It is so dark. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. So good. So. Uh, what do you have lyrically on this? Unless you have anything else musically, I, I the, the, whole, the it kind of all goes along with like the the, the theme of loneliness and, and self reliance. Solo dolo is is him feeling like he's always been on his own, and it sucks. Like it sucks, and he thinks it sucks, and he hates it. But like the only person he can rely on is himself. And again, this goes back to to throwing it back earlier, where it is kind of like a childish concept to think that no one is else, no one has ever helped you in your life. Mm-hmm. But that's how you feel. That's how you feel when there's something you just can't get over. And this is stems from like his father's death, but just not being able to cope with that kind of sadness inside of him. So no matter how many people are actually helping him in real life, it still feels like he's on his own. Mm-hmm. And I think that comes through so great on this song. And that's why it's such a banger for me is because he really explores that theme. He explores that theme of loneliness and self-reliance. He doesn't church it up at all. He stays just kind of fucking flat. And like I said, he just pokes little holes in that piece of that construction paper to where it's overall dark. Like 99.9% of the song is just fucked up and dark. True. And uh, one thing, you know, I actually forgot to bring up, but the the melody that you hear, it's actually a sample from the song called The Traitor by the Menahan... Benahan Street Band. I, I don't really know. I didn't listen to the OG song, but uh, but yeah, it, it is it is a sample from that. Um, but lyrically, I agree with you. You know, it's it's about his depressed mental state, insecurities, how he feels like he only has himself, can't rely on anybody else. Uh, and he also references, you know, back when he was living in Cleveland, and how people said he wouldn't amount to anything. But this is uh, this is kind of like almost like a fuck you too to those people, saying you know I did this all by myself without anybody's help. And yeah, I I think it's it's a bit of both, you know, the depressed thing, but then also say, big fuck you to everybody who didn't believe in him. So that's all I got yeah. for this one for solo yeah. dolo. Solo dolo. <laughs> so uh, we jump, we go into the second part of Act Two, uh, Heart of a Lion, Kid Cudi theme music. This one is not a B for me either. I I barely have any Bs yet. I didn't even really realize that. Shit. Okay. Does okay. Sit, what does it sit for you? This is a low B. This is okay. this is uh this is the only other song on the album besides Higher that I just I don't like. But this one this one was close. This one was close. Yeah. So what what do you have uh, musically on this one? 
So for like that, that drum beat, like you gotta like that drum beat, right? When dude, that kicks in, it's like that, that, dude. It's an eight oh eight beat, but it's played like a tribal kind of beat, a tribal so drum beat. With like it, it reminds me of um on the uh, on the Kanye record Yeezus, the one that you hate so much. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. There's a song that sounds a lot like this, but he doesn't use the eight oh eights. He actually uses like big tribal drum beats. And it reminded me a lot of that that song from I forgot the name of the song right now, but it's a fucking killer fucking song, off of Jesus. I I, I like I like that that sound. This but yeah. it's very it's very of this time, and we've already talked about like David Guetta, but like this this very I don't know that sound is very of this time. It's very Stevie Aoki sounding. It's very David Guetta sounding. Mr. Hudson, another another Kanye produced guy, very that sounding, and it's good. Mm-hmm. And I like it. My problem with this one is uh, it's kind of everything else. There's there's some cool stuff here. There's some layering, like the no versus yeah part, where he's like no 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 yeah yeah yeah. That part's yeah. kind of cool, but there's nothing here that I think is great. Everything is just kind of it's fine. This this one is also interesting because it is more of an upbeat song, and putting it in this section of the album I thought was kind of interesting because it's I mean this is the bad part of the, not the bad part but the nightmare part of the record really um i i do like the synth on this one uh that kind of runs through the entire song there's some good zaps in there too i i'm always i'm kind of a sucker for a good zap that's thrown into a, a, a synth song um but no i mean this is it it's not what i was expecting for this part of the record but um i don't know i, I don't have too much to say about it musically what, what do you have lyrically on this one uh, I thought I thought this was this was like his internal internal struggle, right? He's trying to convince mm-hmm. himself that he's strong, the heart of a lion, strong. But there's always doubt. The first two verses start off with him asking, like literally just asking for help. Yeah. In that third verse, when he says that he doesn't need help, right? That goes in line with him, like asking for help in real life for X amount of years until he realized that it's just not going to come in his mm-hmm. mind. So therefore, he's on his own. That whole kind of like throwing it back to like soundtrack and everything else where he thinks he's on his own. He thinks no one else is going to help him. And maybe it's not even that that simple because these are just highly, highly complex emotions that like all humans struggle to deal with. Like like it's fucking crazy just how how inevitable death is and how you can prepare yeah. for it so much. But when it comes it's like a fucking bomb gets dropped on you, and you have no idea what to do. You, to, you forget to fucking eat. It's 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 crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Right. So I I have, I have actually a, a little bit of a different interpretation of this song. I feel the song starts out. He's feeling insecure, depressed. Talks about using weed, other substances to escape, to escape it all, really. Um, and then it jumps into the chorus and it talks about his mom telling him not to let anyone break him down, to just pull himself, to put himself out there and just to be kind of fearless, be a lion, you know, and that be brave. And, uh, and then as the song kind of progresses, he talks about how he does have more confidence because of what, how his mom kind of like boosted him up and how he's going to show all the haters that they're wrong and he's going to rise up, be successful and all that good shit. I I feel like that's kind of to me that's the progression of the song lyrically, being in complete darkness, being boosted up by somebody else, and then having that bravery to rise up against the haters and people who put you down. So I think like I think we're on the same page there, except for I don't think that 
he thinks at this moment that he can do it. I still think he's in the the, the nightmare phase, right? Well, it is of of, of his but thing it, where he he's down on himself. He just he doubts everything he does. But that that's kind of what depression is too. It's the ups ups and downs of it too. It's not just always all down. You sometimes have these like kind of not manic episodes, but you have these these this um not blissful. What am I trying to say here? Moments of of, of positivity where yeah, you think you yeah, can like overcome whatever issue you think you're dealing with. That's what I think it is because then you get into the next song, My World, and then it just drops back into that kind of really depressive state. So I feel like this is also a little bit of glimmer of hope that, okay, he's going to get out of this. This is him feeling like he can get out of this. He has that boost of confidence. Um, and then, you know, it just goes back down. <laughs> It's, it's but like to be fair, like the, the the chorus itself is a little bit more upbeat too than the rest of the song. True, true, and that makes sense with the lyrics because the lyrics yeah. are that's the more uplifting part of the song lyrically. So I mean that's kind of to be expected, but uh, but yeah, I don't know. Do, do we have anything else on Heart of a Lion? Mm-mm. We don't like the song, so. Oh, well, I mean it's not a it's not a banger for you either. Get the fuck out of here. It's a lo- I put I put low B because I felt bad. Because <laughs> you felt bad. <laughs> Because the because the guy's so depressed, yeah. Um, so yeah, my word is what is this? The third third part, yeah, the third part of Act Two, and uh, this is my nine B, my nine banger. What is where does okay. it for you? This is also my nine B. There you go, finally on the same page. It seems like after this, it's all pretty much going to be the same. Pretty close, yeah. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, we've except for soundtrack, we've listed all like pretty much low bangers at this point. So what, what do you have musically on my world? The last part of this of Act Two. Super, super heavy rap, right? Super heavy rap. Absolutely love this heavy beat. Similar mm. kind of to like solo dolo. It like it's cool to keep the theme and like act two here. Doesn't really go a lot of places, mm-hmm. but I love how heavy this shit is. Yeah. It, it it's heavy. The beat really just drives the song along super, super well. So I really dig that. Um, it's still kind of a mid-tempo song, which is fine. His flow also reminds me of Kanye on this one, much like, um, what was it, Solo Dolo? I don't even remember now. But this is another Kanye-inspired song, it seems like, from from his rap, from the rap standpoint. That first like, that first line in the first verse, the little homie in the room, in, in the room, boy on the moon, mm-hmm. that kind of alliteration that's a very Kanye thing to do too. Just you're not really saying anything. You're kind of just doing a lot of roundabout things that sound fucking fantastic and are really cool and catchy. Yeah. But like, where are we going with this? This uh, this album really made me. I mean, I. I it's controversial Uh-oh. because of all the shit that Kanye has been saying, but this made me kind of appreciate Kanye's records more. God, Connie's so good. He's so <laughs> fucking good. I don't just, even give a shit. Just wait until the. I mean, we'll, I mean, oh, we'll, and then we'll get to it soon because I, I have so many things to say about it. This, this particular song on this record, and Maker Say, it's not even fucking like it's not even Dude, fair to have Connie in there. It's not, not even fair. <laughs> Connie just fucking destroys everybody Play, playing T ball, and he's coming yeah. in and playing fucking major league baseball on that one. It's not even fair. He's play, he's, he's like the 2003 uh, uh, Anime Angels, right? Oh, actually, it's 2002 World 2002. Champion Anime Angels. I was okay. close though. I was hey, I tried. A for you effort, did. Right? No, we were damn close too. Um, yeah, that was solid. So, uh, so my world. Yeah, what, what do we have lyrically on this? Here? Because I don't think Just there's like, much musically. What about the chorus? The chorus is very. I, I thought it was, I thought very, it was very theater catchy. kid sounding. It was very what? Like theater kid sounding. Like it's just, just a lot of though. a lot of kind of like stupid shit. Like that. I don't know. 
I thought I, was... I don't I don't recall the like the melody or anything like that. This will be my world. Oh, okay, so. I know. Okay, yes, yes, yes. Okay, theater kid though. Like I just maybe, imagine like some like somebody bit. like operating like this will be and then oh, like holding your your left hand on your ear and then your right hand like the fray holding out in front of you. <laughs> I told you so. Like that thing. <laughs> it's so obnoxious. And so I gross. never knew. Yeah, yeah I um, <laughs> I think overall this song is just about Cootie uh, making as an yeah. artist on his own, proving people wrong who doubted him, doubted he could do it on his own. Like this will be my world. He's he's saying like I'm coming for everybody. I'm gonna I'm gonna make this rule my own. That's what he's saying. Let's yeah. talk to him. <laughs> I I feel like this this is um kind of him thinking back to the younger days of his of really being a kid and then also his his career beginnings of moving to New York. So it's like the first verse talks about him growing up, his dad dying, the loneliness and insecurity that that he felt. Then the chorus comes in, and and it's it's people telling him that or it's. It's talking about the people who doubted him and how wait what oh, oh, hold on there dude so <laughs> so the <laughs> so the chorus hits and he's telling the people who doubted him that he made something of of himself but then the second verse comes in and then he's talking about you know moving to Brooklyn from Cleveland having nothing not knowing anybody working shitty jobs just really kind of hating his life but then he kept his held his head held high and got through it all. And that leads up to meeting, meeting Kanye. So this is really just, in the end, it's just kind of like an autobiographical song, but then also talking about just kind of how shitty it was growing up and, and, and the beginning of his career until he met Kanye. So yeah, that's what I got on this one. And, and the whole, the whole story behind meeting Kanye was fucking bizarre, right? So weird. Like he was working at a, at a shoe store, if I'm not mistaken, Kanye came in he started talking to Kanye and then he gave him like a mixtape or a mix CD, whatever it was. And then Kanye ended up really liking it. And then he ran into him again, like a month later and then they got talking and then, then they started working together. Like there was no, it didn't seem like there was much of a progression between meeting and then working with each other. It all happened That's very all it quickly. That's all with Kanye, dude. You, you meet Kanye one time, you give him a ass night radio sticker. Next thing you know, he's producing our podcast. <laughs> And then well, what's what's so crazy to me is that you know he met Kid Cudi, got to know him so quickly, took him to Hawaii, recorded 808s and Heartbeats, recorded that album with Kid Cudi over there. Kid Cudi is on like three or four of the songs, right? Something like that. Heartbreaks. That's fine though. What what they said Heartbeats? It was 808s and, and and Heartbreaks. But did I say Heartbeats? Heartbreak? There was actually only one. There's only one Heartbreak, but okay, he's in Heartbeats. That's okay. Well, but yeah, he was I mean. he the Kid Cudi's on on the, yeah a lot of the songs. But it's just it's crazy that. That this new kid that he just met, he takes, you know, across the ocean to record a record. A hit it was record. the same year. Yeah, it was the same fucking year. The 808s came out at the end of 2008. Yeah, that's fucking nuts. Fucking nuts. <laughs> yeah. But um, but yeah, so yeah. my world, do, do you have anything else on this one? So that's all. Okay, so now we get into act three, taking a trip. This is where it gets much better. The whole record gets much better for me. Uh, we start with Day and Night, Nightmare. Uh, we already played the song, the opening song. Um, like we were talking about, this was recorded before the making of this record. He posted it on MySpace. It was noticed by some some producers and things like that. And it was, it was a hit. Um, and kind of a little bit more about the backstory of the song. He wrote this song uh, while smoke. He was kind of like depressed, smoking a ton of weed, listening to Ratatat. 
and he just went on this like writing binge for like two nights or whatever he didn't really sleep and it was very like poetic the way he talks about it whatever um but yeah no the song came from that and i honestly feel like this has a lot of postal service vibes to it or feels to it i hate vibes i hate that word Vibe, vibage. Oh, you like God, the vibage? I, I hate it so much. But but do you hear a lot of postal service on this one? I could I could I mean now that you say that I can I can put it together. Yeah, it's the synth. It's not it's not the actual beat. It's the synth that reminds me a lot of postal service. And and I wouldn't even be, I wouldn't be surprised if if Cuddy like listened to the postal service right. That was five eight years before this album came out, and I'm mm-hmm. sure he listened to it. I'm yeah. sure he listened to the Pulse Service because it was a fucking fantastic record. Well, and Cuddy was well versed. Cuddy, um, he did say that like there are five artists that he would love to work with, and Postal Service was one of them. There you go. Which I thought was really cool, Whoa. and it makes sense. It makes sense. Like he was inspired by them, and you know the song kind of sounds like it. And this was also produced with a uh, Dot the Genius, who's he's also Ooh. from Cleveland, right? Yeah. Well, no, he's from Brooklyn. No, he's from Brooklyn. Sorry. But this is, is like he, the oh, there's yeah. other friends from Cleveland. The, yeah, oh, the, the guy, the, the guy, guy we don't hire. like. Yeah, yeah, the guy on hire. Yeah, he's from Cleveland. But uh, no, Dot the Genius is from Brooklyn, and this is actually his first like hit that he had, and it was with Cuddy, obviously. So this is like a big thing for both of them. Kind of blew them up. So did you did you say what B this was for you? This is my three B. Okay, that's yeah. good. What is where's this one for you? It's my two B. Okay, so we're we're close. We're yeah. close. The song's the song's a certified banger. The song is absolutely phenomenal. It's so unique. There's nothing that sounds like this, especially at the time. Nothing sounds like this. That bass drum tone is like blown out. It's aggressive. It's fucking great. It's so good. (laughs) The song is like a beyond banger. It's so fucking good. Really, the only negative thing I I would have to say about this song is the outro. It's completely unnecessary. Well, come on. It's it's keeping in line with the theme. It is, but God, it's like it's like thirty seconds of just dumb. Thirty seconds of dumb. So, what do you have lyrically on this one? So, also like just because we haven't really talked about it, but like Kid Cudi throws out some cool rap tricks, like leaving out the last syllable of of the beat. That's Mm -hmm. stuff like Cake does. Like Cake when we did Cake and everything. Oh yeah, a popular band that that like lets that that kind of line linger kind of comes in a little bit later. Kate Cuddy does a lot on this, uh, on this, on this track. Um, that bubbly sound, I don't that, that boop, 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 I don't know yeah. how to describe the it, but that bubbly thing. sound, dude, that digs in, that digs in so hard and it just like, does not fucking leave and I love it. And then verse three keeps that low end synth bass sound that like bridge the previous chorus, mm. but it drops so hard in the third verse. And I love it. I love it so much. And the chorus, dude, like, come on. Day and night, right? Just two yeah. two words. Day, and Day night. night. It's so easy to sing along to. Lonely Stone. Everybody <laughs> already knows it. It's so good. All you need to know is day and night. God damn, <laughs> also, when he says, the lonely loner seems to free his mind at night, at, 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 at night. At, 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 weak women, <laughs> at, burn. Yeah. Exactly. Like, lyrically, I, I this, uh, supposedly, this is a song in response to Cuddy, uh, his uncle dying before mm-hmm. they could resolve their issues. Um Obviously, there's a lot of like lore in Kid Cudi. There's so much written about him. People like him. Everybody likes him because he's a nice guy. He's cool to hang out with. I get it. Um, but like, who? I don't know. Who fucking knows what what is right and what's wrong? Especially like after the fact, 
and especially in the age of, of Wikipedia and stuff to where you can pretty much write anything you want. I don't know if this is true, but if it's true, I don't know, it's kind of just like a haunting song that is just sad and somber that shows how lost and emotional Cuddy is because yet another person that he has respected has died mm-hmm. without like a reconciliation of feelings or thoughts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you 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 nailed it right there. I mean, I really have nothing to add to that lyrically on this. It's pretty Sky straightforward. It's next one. Yeah, Sky Might Fall, uh, second part of Act Three. Uh, what do you have musically on this one? This is this is a low B for me. This is the, a, a low B. This is not a B for me. Yeah, low. And B. it's produced by Kanye. So I know. Yeah, that's kind of wild. It's, this 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 one this one's really wild because it's just Kanye and Gutty. That's it. Yeah. Nobody else. And that's it's true. It's yeah. I'm like overall for the album, it's kind of bad. So, it's kind of bad. I wouldn't say it's bad by any means, but it it it's very uh it's very face value when it comes when it comes to when it comes. It's very face value musically and lyrically. That's what I'm trying to say. Because it's like I don't, in my I don't dreams. feel like it's, yeah, the cares? lyrics aren't really yeah. about anything. It's about to me. It was it's about being at your lowest and darkest point, and you don't know what to do or how to get out of it. I don't think there's there's much more to it than that. It's it's not it's not the the deepest song uh, musically. I think it's a little bit more upbeat with the with the with the beat obviously in the vocals, but it doesn't really go anywhere. There's no there's no up and down at all. And really, the my favorite part of this, which you're going to totally disagree with me on is the organ. The organ that plays throughout the song. It's very, very somber. It's so, so nice. I love it. Subtle. I don't I don't have like kiss. a favorite part. I don't I don't I mean it's not that great, but the song's fine. It's whatever's filler. All right, now let's filler. move on. You want to move on then? Yeah, let's do Intergalactic. Intergalactic Love Connection Part One. This is part four? No, wait, no, part four one. yeah, part four uh, oh no! Yeah, yeah. Uh, part four act of Act four. Three. Act part four of Act Three. Part four of Act Three. Yes, you lot of numbers here. No, yeah. part three. Wait, no, no, it's part not. Part three, Act Part four. Dude, what in the <laughs> fuck is going on part, here? Wait, Part three of Act speak. Three. It's Part, part three, three of Act Three. I'm saying Park. I'm saying Park Three of Act. That's irritating <laughs> me. Part three dumb. of Act. It's all dumb. Three. Part three of Act Cor- Three. There you go. Yes. Intergalactic. Intergalactic uh-huh. love connection part one. Galactic. Jesus Christ! That was a mouthful. That, that <sighs> took a while. This is my this is my one B. This is the best song on the record. That is fucking crazy. This is, <laughs> what? How can you not love this? I okay. This is a mid B for me. I, oh, this is not even like a ranked God. B. This is just a mid B. This is a oh. really 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 good filler song. Really 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 billions and billions. <laughs> this God is the first damn. song on the album though, that that almost sounds like a real drum kit. Yeah, I could. Yeah, okay. That's more true. a beat, kind of poppier than most of the songs on the album here. It's a, it's a, it's a cool journey song. Like I can imagine a music video being some like weird like Star Wars hyperspace travel thing, and everybody's like dancing in the cockpit. Like that's what that's why I see this song as. <laughs> okay, fine. I don't see that at all, but that that's fine. Um, <laughs> uh, I really <laughs> God, that sounds so stupid. I'm just imagining cool video, that. Though. I'm just imagining that. It just sounds so stupid. You're, you're imagining Han and like Chewie dancing in the cockpit of the Falcon, aren't you? Uh, the hyperspace sounds ridiculous. Blue and the white in the background, yeah. <laughs> mm. But uh, 
that that synth bass line just really really drives the song super well and the melody too the the synth melody not not the vocals yet but just that that the synth that plays over it it's just just everything intertwines so perfectly with with each other uh and and honestly this song is just a breath of fresh air on this record because up until this point up until this point even with day and night that's still kind of like a dark song but this is like the poppiest thing really actually the poppiest thing on the entire record really but it's just it's so nice it's so goddamn nice but uh yeah what what i also really like about this is in the verse he kind of does this like spoken word kind of thing over the beat and then it builds a little bit into the chorus and that chorus is is fucking awesome it's so goddamn catchy <laughs> i i how can you not love it it's a good song it's <laughs> I, solid i almost started singing it right now but then i caught myself Dude, and i didn't want to embarrass ow. myself Sing. um but uh but yeah i, I do want to play this song because uh, yeah because it is my one b and it is and it's a it's a five b for you so I, i'm down to play it if you want to play it okay so i'll play a little bit of it and then we'll get into the lyrics a bit because we also haven't played a song in a while so here it is intergalactic love connection part one okay say you've never done this before and that's cool and all but i want you to try this with me that's cool don't worry get ready pop it let's go Intergalactic from Kid Cudi. So what do you have lyrically on this one? If you're done with the music part of it. I, uh, I, so good, I think this was, this was inspired by 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 a time that Cudi had with this, like a girlfriend in New York and they did shrooms together. Yeah. And it seemed to have this like, they probably had this wild fucking night, probably just like chock full of cool epiphanies that they don't remember and shit like that. I think this this overall song is just a, a cool a cool bridge between kind of day and night and all that that horribleness into the later part of the album. Yeah. I think it's just a, it's a good song. It's like a, it's a really good song and it's kind of got like this funk vibe to it. 
and it's it's solid. Oh, it does, but, yeah. That is very funky, huh? Yeah, but, uh, but it's it's not sad. I, I need it to be sad. I want more sad. Give me lay on the sadness, baby. That's what I want. It can't it can't be all sad. You got to have some I want light. Want to be man. all sad, baby. Got to have some light. This isn't dashboard, man. Um, oh, dude, this, bit, this is like <laughs> the, this bitter pill coming in. Oh, dude, that song. That song is. I something know you special. love that song. That song is something special. Um, oh yeah. So lyrically, I mean, you you spot on with you know the shrooms, the girl, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then the song ends with with another you know common part comes in setting up that Cuddy is is high at this time at this point, and he's in a really good place. And we kind of move along to more trippier songs, and that leads into the start of Act Five, Stuck, uh, and Act the song Four. Act Four. I'm sorry. Yeah, reading Roman numerals is hard for me. I guess. Yeah. Um, Roman numeral reading or pod reading is hard. Um, Alive is the song. Um, start of this act four stuck. And this is uh, produced by Ratatat. Uh, I think they're a duo, right? Like kind of like a yeah. synth rock duo. And they put out that amazing fucking record at the same time. As classics. Record. Oh, dude, it's so fucking good. I listened to that this week as well. It is. Oh, yeah, I should have. I didn't even think of that. Come Fuck. on, dude. Come on. It's so fucking good. Anybody listening to this podcast right now, well, don't don't shut this off. Finish listening to this podcast, but then make a note for yourself to listen to that Ratatat record because it's fucking amazing. Uh, but no, Alive, this is my 2B, second banger. Look at that. This Where is my 3B. Okay. We're getting there. <laughs> so good. And that, dude, like, okay, so I just, there's I have so many thoughts rolling here. Yeah. Um, that whiny slide noise, that meow, meow, yeah. meow. That's Ratatat. That is one hundred percent. If you listen to Ratatat, that is iconic, classic Ratatat right there. That's like is this what weird they sound like this weird swell that they do mixed with like the volume knob. Like they're they're turning it up while they're swelling, so you get this like I don't even know. I, I maybe that's not even a right way of explaining it. It's just I, I don't know how to explain <laughs> it. And then I kind of wonder too. I don't know. Is it is it a synth or is it is it a guitar effect? I've never I, been I able to tell. Th- I want to think it's a guitar effect because they are musicians and, but they just, God, man, the pursuit of tone, they just, they've achieved it. And like Tom Rello is hailed as this, this guy who can make any noise, but like Ratatat, come on, dude, these guys at, at making cool noises. They are so much better than Tom Morello. Oh, at this. I, I mean, I wouldn't go that far. They are so much better than Tom Morello. The classics really Tom record, Morello, the classic records is great. If, if, but I mean, if come on, those dude. noises, what do you mean? Come on, dude. What 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 like song by Tom Morello has has you going like holy fuck? Who else can do that sound? But it's it's hard to compare the two because Tom Morello songs are more straightforward rock songs, blues blues rock songs, you know. And that's but, why Ratatat sound is better. Like Tom Morello can write better songs, he can write better riffs, of course. But Ratatat has perfected that pursuit of tone, that noise alone, that that if that is done by a guitar so just run through a bunch of like stuff better yeah. better better than tom and Rowe. then you also better. get that that bassy synth underneath un, un, underneath it almost that was weird underneath it all that it's oh, so it's like good. this this wah bassy synth thing oh my god dude it's fucking awesome Th- this song is is one of the most unique songs this and and maker say are the two most unique songs on the entire record they they're true true standouts. I mean this and this oh, this man. this chorus this chorus is just yeah. so catchy. I think this chorus is incredibly catchy. 
just a good old fashioned chorus, man. Give me a chorus that I can just like day and night. I can listen to once. I can, I can, I'll catch on. That's it. Yeah. I feel like that even the beat too, it's just kind of like, it could just kind of like walking along, like trudging along. It it's just, it's, it's consistent and it's, it's kind of heavy. Oh man, dude, this, this song is some, is something else. It really, really is. And I like also in, in, in the third verse of this song, he kind of, he really picks it up with his rapping and he speeds it up and it's weird. Like, I don't know why he does it in the third verse, but yeah, it, it was a nice touch because the song is already really, really fucking cool. And adding that, that kind of, I don't want to say tempo change, but that style change was real solid. I really like that a lot, but I don't know. I, I'm down to play a little bit of a live. I, I was going to say, and then play? get into the lyrics. So sure. here, it, here it is a live from the Kid Cuddies. From Kid Cudi, do you have anything else musically, or you want to jump into the lyrics? Uh, that's it. Okay, so what do you got lyrically on this one? Uh, I thought this was about him feeling like out of place in society. Like the only time he really feels at at peace is like the metaphorical nighttime in the song, huh. um, which I think he just used to to personify his dark thoughts and feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of in the same way how people say like like Batman is is the character but bruce wayne is the alter ego like like the the hidden identity or whatever it is you know what i mean yeah like cuddy that he's a dark person in general but him being happy is like his alter ego and the only time he feels at peace he he feels like he's truly himself is when he's being kind of for, for lack of like a better phrasing he's being like sad sad boy in sad sack that's who he really is all right man i got I got a I got a totally different interpretation of the lyrics on this one. So so much like so obviously this entire record is based around his insecurities, depression, all that kind of stuff. And at this point in the, in the in the theme of the record, he's trying to find what? 
I hit my leg on the fucking oh. thing. It hurt. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. So at this point of uh, of the record, he's trying to find ways to escape that those feelings. Um, at this point, we've seen him use you know drugs, weed, alcohol, uh, psychedelics, things like that. But the one thing we haven't touched upon yet is sex and possible sex addic- sex addiction. And I feel like that's what this song is about. I feel like he he has some sort of sex addiction and at night he turns into this different person. He gets these these kind of like animalistic desires and he goes out at night. He goes on the prowl for women and he knows it's not really him, but he can't he can't get over this addiction and he just he the, he just repeats the process day after day and just chases women and you know gets down and dirty with them. That's what I feel like this song is about. It's a different think, form of addiction, but that's what it is. I think even with that, I still think he thinks that's who he is because the focal point of the song is like at night in the, 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 the cover art of like the moon and things like that, or it could be the sun mm-hmm. in a different context. But I think this whole, this whole darkness, I think he truly believes that he is who he's truly himself when he's not happy like people are some people are just like gluttons for punishment yeah that's in true. various forms i really do i really do think like that's who he feels he is at this time he truly feels like he is destined to just be just to be shit on by like the universe and yeah, even i guess it could be even that too. even if that addiction thing i still think he would think that's who he is uh, okay i mean that i don't disagree with you i mean this is that's kind of what makes this record really great is we can come up with these different interpretations. And even though Kid Cudi has said certain things, I don't agree. I don't think that's what he's talking about, but I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's it, again, when things get popular, people say things to make that image more popular or more digestible or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, who knows what he was truly kind of like going on, what was going on in his mind at this time? Because I don't know. People's interpretation changed. Even the artists themselves, their interpretations of their own albums have changed over time. And some artists don't like playing earlier stuff because that's not who we are. And some artists are the opposite. And mm-hmm. like, who, who, the delicate geniuses, delicate geniuses of artists. That's what they are. <laughs> true, true, true. All right. Uh, do we have anything else on this one, lyrically, musically? That's it. All right. Let's jump into Cuddy's Zone. This is my 5B, fifth banger. Ooh. What is it for you? It's my 7B. Okay, so we're, we're roughly the same, mid-tier. Yeah, getting there. So this is a song that they they came up with, the beat in, in 10 minutes. Cuddy had used lyrics that he had had for a while. Um, and this is actually one of the first songs that they recorded for this for this record, which I thought was was interesting how quickly they, they um, brought this all together. Because this is a pretty, pretty good banger, pretty good song. What do you think of it? This is like, this is a more... This is a more straightforward hip hop delivery from him, if not the most straightforward hip hop delivery yeah. that he did on the album. Um, I like this weird, like fast industrial kind of sounding cymbal ticking thing that's going on in the beginning and kind of continues throughout the song. It's yeah, just, it's a weird tone. I don't know what it is, um, but there's a bunch of cool shit that he does here with this rapping, and like that's what my favorite part of this song is is the way he says things and how he says them. So like when he says. It, it, it don't really matter just where you where you from all that really matters is where you're gonna go mm-hmm. it's broken 
and he's hitting like the stuffs on the offbeat, which we kind of like talked about earlier. That's reminiscent of like cake and things like that. That's cool. And then when he says, uh, stay up there, up there, floating, floating, hoping I can find peace somewhere, just that pacing alone, I think is so goddamn cool. It's That's so really fantastic. Cool. Like he, on a first listen, it's almost like he's just repeating the same word over and over and over and over because you're not, you're not picking up on it as fast as he's saying it. And then when it's over, you realize, wait a second, he did not say what I thought he was saying. So you have to listen to it again to pick up the nuance in just those little lines. I think that's so great. I I, I agree. I, I love what he does there. And also, another thing is that this is the, probably the fastest he raps on this entire record. It's much, much faster than we normally hear from him. And I, I like that a lot, mixed with the chorus, which is fucking awesome. That hits so and good. that falsetto thing that he does, it's so fucking good. It's so stupid. It's, it's very so dumb. dumb. But, oh my God, I love it so much. It, it's so, um, it's like jarring when you hear it. You're like, whoa, what the fuck is this? Like, you, It's just so unexpected. I love it. It's I love it so much. Coming, coming off grunge season, dude. It's very much like Kurt Cobain thinking, I'm going to do what I want to do. I don't give a fuck if it sounds like <laughs> shit. And now... Ooh, that it high sounds part. like ooh, I can't even try to get that. God, it's, I just I I I love it because that's it's him, right? It's yeah, him. it's fucking honest, man. I I, I love just the ah oh, man. All this record is is just so pure and intimate and vulnerable. I I love it. I love it so much. This song, I also like the part. Great. I, I also like the part when he says, "These are the things that'll make me smile." But he says, "Like these are the things that'll make me smile." It kind of goes up, right? And then always mm-hmm. just down. Like this whole thing is just fucking like punching down on himself here. But that one line when he says "make me smile," it's just like glimpse of hope, this glimpse of happiness. Yeah. In this 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 overall warfare of just smut and horrible <laughs> feelings that he's had. Yeah, and I mean lyrically, I, I feel like this is this is the about the moment where he reaches that perfect high. Like everything feels good. There's he doesn't have a care in the world and that's why he's singing that way like with the falsetto stuff he's singing fa- he's rapping faster than he normally does he's doing things he, that are a little bit more unconventional for him and I feel like that's just the his insecurities are gone he's like he doesn't give a fuck anymore and that's what I I think lyrically and and musically these this song goes hand in hand and I I really I think that's super cool super super cool I agree I I think he found the pocket like he's in the pocket here he's yeah he's happy for once. Even even if not just for a short period of time, and I fucking love how this song starts off with soaring. Is this allowed? Like he's not even sure if he's even allowed to be happy. <laughs> yeah, because right. It's probably been so fucking long for him that he's felt like really good. So he doesn't even know if he's even like allowed to be happy. It's so awesome. So it is. Good. It is. It's really deep. It's really. I I like that a lot. Ah oh, boy. So do we have anything else on Cuddy Zone? Cootie That's Zone. It. The Cootie, Cootie Zone. Cooties. Remember that game, Cooties? Or I do cooties? remember that game, Cooties. <laughs> Caterpillar thing? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That's some like 1960s bullshit board game. Was that uh, not from our era? That was like an early game? It was from the game? 60s because my, my, when, when I was living at my grandma's house, we found all of my mom's old board games from the 60s, and, and Cooties was one of them. Um, I don't remember. <laughs> There's a bunch of them, but yeah, no, Cooties was originally from like the 60s. Oh, oh, look yeah. at that. Ants in the Pants. Remember that too? I do remember. I do remember <laughs> Ants in the Pants. That was like a 1960s one too. Yeah. <laughs> so dumb, man. So dumb. All right. So let's move on to the next song, Make Her Say. 
This uh, this one was produced by Kanye. It has three different rappers on it. Kid Cudi does the first verse. Kanye does the second. Common does the third. The third verse. Uh, this is one of the songs that was written in Hawaii when uh, he was working with Kanye on 808s. And uh, just some, a little bit of backstory real quick before we jump into our interpretations of it. Cuddy actually freestyled over the beat that Kanye threw down. Um, and Kanye just liked it so much that he's like, we got to put this in. Cuddy didn't really want to do it because it was it was off the top of his head and it was a little bit vulgar. He didn't think it would, it would fit, but then Kanye insisted and that's what we get is this Cuddy verse. Um, it was pretty much a scratch track, really. Yeah. And um, and then the song was originally supposed to be called I Poke Her Face, but the label thought it was it was inappropriate, so they changed it to Make Her Say. A little, a little aggressive. Yeah. I mean, all the, so the sample, real quick too, the sample that's used is from uh, Lady Gaga song uh, Poker, Poker Face, but it's from the acoustic version, which I thought was really interesting. That when when they were both talking about using the sample, Kanye said, "You know what? I just saw her do this acoustically with her just her voice and the piano. Let's use that version rather than the actual studio version." And I'm thought I thought, dude, Kanye's kind of a genius in that sense. It's like, let's go with something a little bit more obscure because it sounds a little bit different, a little bit off. And they did that, and and I feel like that just that's super cool. fucking cool, man. In the fact that he's listening to multiple versions of the same yeah. song from an artist <laughs> that you may or you may not think Kanye would even listen to to begin with, that's this is dope. Yeah, this is cool. It's super fucking cool. So, um, so yeah, I guess I guess we can go verse by. I think we should go by verse by verse by verse because they all have their own kind of unique thing. Yeah. Um, with think, Cuddy, what overall it, the song is just about blowjobs. Hundred uh, percent. That's all yeah. I think. There's nothing I, deep I, about I, this. But I think this is a a fun song that they did together. I don't know if they did it together. I don't know if Common was there when they did it. I don't know. I didn't see that. I, I don't think Common that. was in Hawaii when they did it. I don't even know if Kanye cut his his verse while they were together. He might have done it separately. Yeah. So like, I I, I think this is a song that doesn't fit on the album in in mm-hmm. theory. But I will say though, this is this is the most happy you hear him. You hear Cuddy. Because he's like jamming with his idols, he's jamming with a contemporary common, that's like essentially a fucking god in the rap community at this time, and he's just kind of like, I don't know, going with the motions, but doing it with the big dogs. Yeah. And Cuddy goes first, right? He says, "Me first, me first. I and love that part. That's so cool. He goes, "Me first," and then he laughs. It's about, so he laughs childish. It's so fucking childish. <laughs> it's so childish. Yeah. And and you know, like, dude, you're not going to do better than Kanye, so don't follow Kanye. And you can't close the way Common can close. And I've realized that Common can close, dude. Like, yeah. Common oh, yeah. can close. Like the, the, the end of the album with Common and everything. Oh my god, it's just so good. But yeah, Cuddy's 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 verse. Go ahead. What do you got? Cuddy's verse to me is is definitely the worst of the three. Not to say it's by bad, it's bad by any means. Uh, it's just you know throwing it up against Kanye and Common. Even no the chance. guy stands no chance. Yeah, no yeah. fucking chance at no all. Chance. Uh, even the lyrics on his verse, I don't think they're they're nearly as clever. But I mean, also he freestyled this. This wasn't like he didn't have to. He didn't spend time working on his verse. So that's a little bit of a little bit of a disadvantage for him. Um, you also talked about how this is kind of an outlier uh, music or lyrically. I disagree because we're still in the part of the the record where he's still kind of he's still dreaming. He's still high. He's still in this good euphoric place, and that's why this song comes along because it's 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 pure happiness. We're he's still like we come off of Kitty's what Kitty Zone. Jesus Christ. Kitty. 
you come off of Cuddy Zone and he's reached that high point. He's reached that pinnacle of being high. And he's okay. still and then at this point in Maker Say, he's still feeling high, but he's not he's not quite at that 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 pinnacle still. But he's coming off of it, but he's still feeling great. So he's talking about things that he enjoys and he loves. He's hanging out with his boys. He's just having a fucking blast. That's what the song like is. And this, I, this is like adolescent wet dream type of thing. Exactly. Is, is what's what's kind of happening here. Exactly. And I feel like that's all it is. I mean, yeah, lyrically, okay. there's not okay. much here. But within the context of the record, it makes perfect sense to be placed in this part of in this part of the album. Like okay. it's perfect. I, I, I dig. I do. I dig that. I, I like that. So, I mean, after uh, Cuddy's verse, um, I do, I do just to finish up Cuddy, to finish up Kid Cootie's verse. Um, when he says, uh, "Does she spit it up or swallow now?" When he says, "Does she spit it up or swallow now?" He adds a little bit of melody there. <laughs> it's very Kanye that. though. That's very Fucking Kanye. Love that to shit. Do. I know it's Kanye, but we've not heard <laughs> Kanye yet. We've not heard Kanye yet. So I like that. I, I like that because it's like, it's like he's paying homage to his idol without. Or his mentor, like not even ripping idol, off. It's a mentor. It's an idol. Okay. Kanye's everybody's idol. Any well, any rapper well, that's ever that exists on earth is Kanye's idol. Well, uh, I don't even care. I fucking love Kanye so much. I think he's his. He says stupid ass shit. He says stupid ass shit. He says some stupid ass shit and does some stupid ass shit. He has some great great stuffs. Yeah, great. Some okay. great albums. Yeah. Good lord. Really separating the artist from the music. I mean. You have, you, have you have to do it. You have to do it. You have to. Okay, so uh, let's move on to Kanye's verse. What do you have on this one? <laughs> I mean, like, come on. Dude, <laughs> Kanye, Kanye comes in so fucking hot with just old enough. Yeah. Like, that's it. That's all you even need. I know. I, I'm going to read just through his lyrics on his verse. I think I think <laughs> his lyrics are, they're really, really fucking good. I mean, yeah, they're, they're a little over the top but they're still really good and his wordplay is really good so i made her say hold up yeah born in 88 how old is that old enough i got seniority with the sororities i love that line so that explains why i love college perfect this is the best right here getting brain in the library because i love knowledge fucking great line right there when you (laughs) so i gotta say these next two lines together getting brain in the library because i love knowledge when you use your medulla oblongata, perfect. And give what me scoliosis until my comatosis, comat- yeah, comatosis is, he says something like that. And do while I'm asleep, yeah, a little osmosis. And that's my commandment. You ain't going to ask Moses. More champagne, more toastis, more damn planes, more costuses. And fuck a bus, the Benz is parked like Rosa. Rosa. It's so fucking good, dude. His wordplay is perfect. This might be like one of the best verses he's ever done. This is this is like this is like 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 throwing back to like flashing lights from from graduation oh, I for me. Love that song. <laughs> I fucking love. There's just there's just there's there's so much stuff that like Kanye can just do can just say that just don't make any fucking sense. So like reeling it back a little bit, right? The the comatosis is comatose is, and just to rhyme it with osmosis. Who can <laughs> so who dope. can even? Who can even make up words to rhyme with words that nobody even fucking uses? Like nobody uses the word osmosis unless you're talking about osmosis Jones or just being like an annoying fuck. Like nobody osmosis even does that. Jones, <laughs> but only because he wanted to rhyme with like Moses and then go along yeah. with the toast is. And then he wanted to rhyme toast with something, so we use coast. Because I like, oh, fuck it. I'll use coast is also. Like it. Uh, 
He's so conceited. He's such a conceited yeah. fuck. Oh, yeah. He totally. really is. And it bothers me, but I love it. I love everything about it. And then he talks about medulla oblongata. Yeah. The only other the only other time in pop culture I've ever heard Young anybody ever talk about, oh, I guess the, the, the only, only other other time was oh. uh, the water boy. When they were talking, when he, when he talks about like the medulla oblongata and the water boy, because somebody's crazy or something. I don't remember what the fuck it was, but yeah, it was the water boy. Oh, I don't remember that part. I just know it from Young Frankenstein. Medulla oblongata. I can't even, they, when I was doing my notes, I was like, how the fuck do you even spell medulla oblongata? <laughs> couldn't even do it. I also, I mean, then, also the line, I got seniority with the sorority, so that explained why I love college. What the fuck, man? Asher Roth. Remember Asher Roth? Like, yeah. I love college. Yep, yep, yep. And it's funny, like Kid Cudi and Asher Roth came up in like in the same the same time too. They they were contemporaries. Is that the right word? Contemporaries? Yeah. Asher yeah. Roth I think came out like a year, maybe a year or two after this album did, or at least that, that I Love College song. But that was No, because song. Asher Roth came out we saw Asher Roth open up for Blink, right? At, Asher Roth when? Yeah. When? when we saw Blink. When we saw it was Blink Weezer and Taking Back Sunday, and then Asher Roth opened up for all three of them, right? I don't the, remember that. He was he was part of that tour. I don't know if maybe he didn't play those ones. Maybe he played the Fallout Boy ones. But I know Asher Roth was on that was on that Blink tour. Because I don't, I don't think his first album was until after this album came out. Maybe or maybe it was like right after. I don't know. It, it doesn't matter. Um, of college, but I think I like the song. guys from Weezer were were or a part of that I love college wait you hate that song what I hate that fucking song I because hate sample that because it's sample say it ain't so like it's it's just a dumb song I don't like Asher Roth uh, I, I, I thought it was stupid but I, anyway oh, mm, mm, that's wrong but, let, let's, okay. move, let's move on to the to Commons verse um what, what do you have on this one uh dude I could go all day about cut or fucking Kanye's verse I didn't even we didn't talk about like getting brain in the Getting brain, getting brain in the library because I love knowledge. Just <laughs> oh, so we're, okay, dude, the, the wordplay alone. I because yeah. I, I I can't even get over like the wordplay. Yeah, it's great wordplay. It's so good, but but common common's fine. Common is fine. This is this is that year of common with Universal Mind Control. His voice great is great. It's very commanding, and uh, he's he's not unique like Kanye is, but dude, like. Like when Common speaks, you listen. Like Chuck D, when when he speaks, you listen. Yeah, because he has that. He has that deep. He has a deeper voice. So it's like, oh man, I gotta listen, man. Or like when Ice Cube sings, it's like, oh, he's gonna fuck me up. Just by listening, yeah. he's gonna fuck me up. Like he has something to say. Whatever this guy is saying, then then listen because it's, it's meaningful. It means, it means something. Do you know what? There's one line in Common's verse that I didn't realize until this week, but uh, the line is her poker Facebook. I already read it. Yeah, that I said, what the fuck? That's like, I didn't even realize Reddit's been around for that long that for him to reference Sm- this in two thousand nine, smashing so many things together. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. I really, I, I lyrically, his 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 is fine. It's more his his rapping, his cadence that I think makes his verse really good. It's not yeah. really the lyrics; it's it's his voice. But um, I don't know. That, that's all I really have on this one. And I do like I do like how the song it finally gives a relief with the full part of the poker face tune. Yeah, I've like been end. hearing it in the background the the poker face thing yeah. constantly, and then it finally drops in, and it is a really cool. 
It is a really cool drop with the with the Lady Gaga full poker face thing. It's true. With the beat and everything too. Yeah. So it's it's good. So should I play a little bit of it or should we just kind of let people What do you think? Cuz I mean I feel like if we play we have to play the whole thing. It, like I was gonna say, if you're gonna play, you gotta play all three parts. Yeah. If not, it's too long. Fucking let him, let him fucking listen. Yeah. To go, go listen, kids. go listen to Maker Say from from this Kid Cudi record. It's well worth the time and effort. So go do it after you listen to this podcast, or just no pause us, go listen to it, come back, and then agree with us on everything because we're right. So, um, <laughs> so let's move on to the next song. We oh, where does Maker Say sit for you, banger wise? Oh, that was my that was my six B. Okay, it's my 4B. It's my 4B. So now we move on to Pursuit of Happiness. This is part three of Act 4. Wait. uh, No. One, two, three, three, four. four. Part four of Act 4. Part four of Act 4. We have Pursuit of Happiness. Where does this sit banger-wise for you? This is my 1B. Really? This is my biggest banger. Oh, shit. This is Cuddy's best song. Wow. This is a... This is this wow. is this song's perfect. This song is perfect. You know, I think friend of the pod Justin really loves this song too. I really think he does. He he, he even has it tattooed on his uh, I think his arm or no across oh, his Justin, chest. He has his, Justin, he has it across well, his chest. That, well, that's a big that's a big step, right? Like a a one liner on your on your forearm there, as opposed to a a gang tat on your chest is a, <laughs> a little different. Yeah, he, yeah, he has pursuit of happiness across his chest, but I, it, I, I, it's not based I, off the song. It's you know it's. Yes, it is. I think it's maybe a little bit of both the song no, and also it's one hundred percent the song. He just called, okay. what? Yeah, he he just said it was is one hundred percent of the song. Oh, he yeah. just you know it's funny when he listens to this. If he listens to it, he's definitely gonna bring it up too. <laughs> I know he listens to this. He just fucking acts like he doesn't. All right, so pursuit of happiness is the next song here. I feel like we've I've completely lost my. Uh, my That's uh, fine. It's my one B. We took a, we took a little break. That's not a big yeah, deal. Yeah, we took a little. Yeah, we took this a little break. My, this is my one yeah. B. This is this is this is Cuddy's best song. This song perfectly. This is this is what this entire album is about. Like if you if you if you condense the entire album into one song, it would be Pursuit of Happiness. This is it. This is it. This is the oh, end yeah. all be all. Yeah, I mean that's that's this not is wrong. my one B. This is also your one B. So no, it's my six B. We already talked about that's that. That's dumb. It's my six B. I know. I was just trying to like let you reiterate <laughs> and save face or whatever because it's a stupid B. But that's fine. So, real quick too, this song is uh, is also produced by Ratatat. This is the other song re- produced by them. It also features MGMT, which is pretty cool too, because those first two MGMT records are fucking solid, solid electronic pop, electro pop records. Um, also, what I think what, what's cool about this song is that they it sounds like they use the same synth, the same line from Alive, but it's kind of buried in the mix of this song. And I thought that was that was, I thought that was really cool. I liked it. Yeah, but the main synth line okay. is, is really what stands out. Um, it kind of has another one of those like weird kind of swells dude, that, that they were doing in Alive. A, dude, that so pressing good. swell sound, whatever that is, yeah. that going up. It, I don't know. That's cool. The piano's great. The second verse, dude. The second verse is my favorite part of this entire album. There are so okay. many things going on here, and it, you you can even hear Ratatat's little whiny. Uh, what would I call it? Or the, the like, the, like the whiny slide, that meow, yeah. meow, like that. What do you even call that? A, a, a whiny slide? Because we will do Ratatouille at some point. I guess a whiny in the future. It's a whiny slide. They, they are on our to do list. Yeah, 
I get, but it's it's that same it's that same thing that they're doing in the live, and that's what I was talking about. But what what would you? How would you? What, right? we, what do you call that? I, well, yeah, I guess it. I guess it's also kind of a swell, but it's. Well, it's. I don't know. I don't know what to call. It. I don't know a whiny slide. Let's call it a whiny slide. Whiny slide. Yeah. The the whiny, whiny kids slide. doing whiny slide. Anyway, the second yes. verse is like my favorite part of this entire album. There are so many different things going on here. The whiny slide thing, because I like huh. I like the, I like the use of dreams in this. So be, he's just telling me what you know about dreaming, dreaming. You don't know, you know about nothing. Oh, that part's so good. And then he goes into the night terrors every night, and then he goes back into the dreams and he's telling me what you know about dreams, dreams. I just I love I love all the different like like melody he's throwing out in the verse. I like all the different things he's he's kind of bringing it back to the dream aspect. I love that second verse so much. I love the way he says it. I love what he says. Love everything about it. That's my f- that second verse again. My favorite part of this entire album. I hey man, it's it's solid. And I mean the also the the chorus, the melody in the chorus. The I'm on I'm on the pursuit of happiness, and I know everything that it's it's so good. It's so fucking good. And the solo, I mean, I really we got a solo here. On that, but right, yeah. No, it was oh, good. Yeah. It was good. It was you, you did a good job. <laughs> Sound just like it. There's a solo here, and it's You're really so good. Annoying. You're so annoying, dude. <laughs> Again, like just really, really good guitar tone, and and it features MGMT, but really it's just like backup vocals in the chorus, from what I read. Otherwise, this is a a, a ratatat song, and uh, you're right. Like MGMT, yeah. I I think like what got me into them was that song Kids, like when they did that one. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Fuck me, that's a, that song's an absolute banger. But yeah, dude, those those first couple albums, I think I only listened to the first album actually. But that first I've only album ever listened is to a classics. fucking banger. Oh wait, no, 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 you're talking about MGMT. Sorry, sorry, M- sorry, sorry. MGMT, yeah, yeah, yeah kids, yeah. kids, kids, yeah. Sorry, I got so confused. Yeah, yeah, no, I listened yeah, yeah, yeah. that that first MGMT. Yeah, that's fucking great. The second one's really good too. What, what does it have? I'm trying to think. What's there's there's a couple really big hits off the second one, but now I can't remember what they're called. But. Yeah, I think they were um they were also weren't they a band who kind of created the band as a joke just to show like it's so easy to make pop music and then they blew up. Isn't that kind of their story or I could be completely on the moon about it? I I wouldn't Have you heard that? I wouldn't I don't know. I wouldn't You wouldn't make doubt sense. it? I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> oh yeah, oracular oracular spectacular. That was the first one. The guy that produced that, was, that album though one. also produced or helped produce uh this album, the what's his name, Friedman, Friedman, David Friedman, David Friedman, Friedman. Yeah, he, he helped produce Kid Cudi's this album. He's on a bunch of different songs as a producer, producer, production, yeah, production. Oh yeah, he did Intergalactic, and that's all I see right now. Intergalactic, Intergalactic Planetary. <laughs> <laughs> no, the dude, this, this the solo is really cool. This yeah. the solo is really cool. It's got a great guitar tone. Ratatat really do a fantastic job. At just capturing a great tone, and again, mm-hmm. I'm just assuming all of this is, is is a guitar running through a bunch of different effects because that's how they that's present themselves, think, yeah. and that's what I'm hoping. And if that is true, like these these kids, do these kids know tone? These kids I mean, know tone, and and it makes even more sense considering the guy who plays the guitar solo is the guy from Ratatat. Yeah. So so all the sounds you're hearing are more likely than not just a guitar, you know put through a bunch of different effects so i, I think that's probably and just like that, that entire bridge that, up that entire bridge is so good that instrumental break 
It's uh, fucking fantastic. Why did I smoke so much and drink so much? Uh. <laughs> that's that's really dumb. Do you like that part? I fucking the love that end? part so much. Oh god, the outro is so silly. It's I so love silly. the song. I there's not though. It goes in line with like the childish nature of the song of the album. It does of Kid Cudi. His name's Kid it does Cudi. To round, for God's this round, this round. I mean, this song rounds out Act Four. So this is the end of you know him being. Um, strung out not strung out but just like you know on this high on this having all this happiness escaping from his depression and and insecurities and everything like that so it's a good way to transition out of that into the act five which we'll get into in a moment but yeah it's a good way to end it it just still sounds so stupid i think i think (laughs) this is like one of the darkest songs in the album though this is this is a song about leading a fucking pretty self-destructive lifestyle to fill that void, knowing it's bad for it you and knowing it's probably going to kill you at some point. But you lie to yourself saying, like, once I find that good thing, then I'll stop. When actuality, if you just stop doing that shitty thing, your life mm-hmm. would be better. But you don't do it. It's a self-destructive, self-fulfilling prophecy thing that you got going on here. And this song is is just this, uh, the pursuit of happiness kind of makes it seem like he's pursuing this happiness. And it's like, no. It's his, it's his never-ending cycle of shit. He will never achieve happiness if he keeps but doing what he's doing now. What, what I think is kind of interesting about this, too, is, you know, the pursuit of happiness. You know, America, you know, the, everybody is on the pursuit of happiness. and But you never find it. Much like in this song, he never finds it. He's on that pursuit of happiness. He finds things that, that temp, where he can tempor- temporarily escape in the drugs and the booze and the women, this and that, but he never finds it. Much like Americans, how people in, in our society never find that true happiness, but they're always on the pursuit of it. And it's in our... It's in Big our, difference, though. Big difference, what? though. The difference is like the American dream is, is kind of what you're alluding to. The American dream. I was, I was yeah. But like like we we as society, Americans, we, we pursue the American dream by doing what we think are good things to achieve the American dream. Here, he's talking about the pursuit of happiness as like this thing that he wants to attain, but he keeps doing bad things until yeah. he finds that good thing that is happiness. But until he finds that good thing that is happiness, he's still going to uh, drink so much and smoke so much. Uh, that's what he's going to keep <laughs> doing. It's just, it's it's self-destructive. Do you know what that outro kind of reminds me of too is LMFAO. You hate Some LMFAO. That, I love LMFAO. Oh, are you, you fucking kidding me? Are, no, Those you're not albums? kidding me. We talked Those about Those two albums this. are amazing. I don't Get know the fuck that. out of here. I, I, do, I literally listened to it like a couple months ago with Tammy. We were driving around and we listened to we were listening we listened to the first album. I thought you hate like party so fucking good goofball party oh, get music. Out of here, man! I fucking love that record. Maybe you just hate like three hundred three or something. Do you oh no, yeah, I, I don't like three hundred three. Yeah, I do not like three hundred three. They're stupid and dumb. Okay, well, 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 hold on. LMFAO, okay. on the other hand, dude, they have some fucking certified bangers on those oh. first two records. Or there's only those only two records. Sky blue, <laughs> red blue. I mean, come on, the beginning of shots. It just starts with "I'm fucked up," and then hey, the don't tell me, don't starts. tell me, but I've seen them in concert, baby boy. Don't tell me about LMFAO. Okay. Okay. I fucking okay. love LMFAO. They're on our, on our, they are on our to do list. So it'll happen. It'll happen. Uh, all right. So let, let's play a little bit of "Pursuit of Happiness," and then we'll uh, wrap it up with the last two songs. Sound sure. good? Let's do it. All right. So here it is, "Pursuit of Happiness" from the Kid Cuddies. Thank you. 
Crush a bit, little bit, roll it up, take a hit, feeling lit, feeling right, 2 a.m. summer night. I don't care, hand on the wheel, driving drunk, I'm doing my thing, rolling the mid beside and now, living my life, getting out dreams. People told me, slow my road, I'm screaming out, fuck that, I'ma do just what I want, looking ahead, no turning back. If I fall, if I die, no I lived it to the fullest. If I fall, if I die, no I lived in missing bullets. I'm on the pursuit of happiness, and I know everything is shining on. There you go, Pursuit of Happiness from Kid Cudi. I don't know why it kept just stopping while I was playing it. I had some crazy, stupid technical difficulties. I don't, I don't know why. What? 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 What part about this is not one B material for you? I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> there are I just really better don't. songs. There's alive. Not, there's alive is, is a better, a better song. song. It is not a better song. <sighs> His rapping is better so in, in this one. His rap singing is better than this Intergalactic one. Intergalactic is, is better than this one. The Intergalactic so, is not in the top four. That's with, with, pers- with Pursuit of Happiness, I, I do like his rapping, but it has this very kind of like slow, trudging cadence to it. Like it, it's, it's just very kind of just he's barely getting through it. Like he just, he, like it, it's like he just woke up he, and no, he's no, still no, very no, groggy. No, no, no. He's about to break down. When he says, "Tell me what you know about dreams. Tell me what you know about the night terror is nothing." Okay, so, he's about so to break down and start like fucking is. having a mental breakdown and crying. Or maybe, or maybe it's at the point where he's about to fall asleep. Like it's you know you kind of get that way right before you, when you're really really tired and you're about to fall asleep and you're kind of just like mumbling things. Not that he's no, mumbling. I don't here, mumble things to myself it, before I fall asleep. No, but oh, I'm not saying not to yourself, but to other people. Say somebody else is with you, and you're kind of you're you're kind of going in and out of out of not consciousness but sleep. And uh, and you're just kind of mumbling, kind of just just being, just kind of you sound you sound tired, you sound lazy, and that's kind of what he sounds like in Pursuit of Happiness. So you think he's lazy? It doesn't what you call you? So you like you think he's lazy? You're calling him lazy? I don't think he's lazy. I think I think how he's rapping sounds like it, but I don't think he 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 is being lazy because he's no, not lazy. I, I, I think it's intentional. No, I, no, it's not lazy at all. He's he's about I, to break yeah. down. That's where the outro comes in. He's having the, the. Why did I smoke so much? Why did I drink so much? Oh fuck! Why did I do these things? He's about to break down. Or maybe, or maybe the way he's singing like this is is kind of showing like, okay, I'm really drunk. I'm really fucked up. And you people get this way too. We all get this way when when we've had too much to drink. We kind of 
we slow down we we have this kind of drawl to our to our voices that's what happens that maybe that's what he's trying to get at come I don't on know. come on come on come on drawl no that's that's your this this should be your this should be your one b that's just that's yeah that's my six b that's oh, that's fine God, though like, i do really like the song i love the song i really do so let's move on to higher we're almost done two songs left we'll just skip this one i don't care <laughs> i know the songs it, it it it's it shouldn't be on here it makes no sense it sounds I, like a 90s I, r&b like, song for me like the pursuit of happiness is my one b i love up up and away i just like why even put this one in here? Do you just like kill all yeah. momentum? I fucking oh, it's annoying. It's irritating. And, I mean, and the story behind this is it's not a Cuddy song. It's by his buddy Chip the Rapper from Cleveland. Cuddy liked this song Chip so much. He's like, just Chip the Ripper. Okay, sorry, my bad. Um, or King Chip. So is it what? what or King Chip. King, King Chip. King Chip. Chip the Ripper. Charles. Chip Ripper. Whatever. Whatever his it's name all is. All stupid. Yeah, so Cuddy liked this song so much, he kind of like begged him to to let him have it on his record. He eventually said, "Okay, that's fine." And even in the song, you know, uh, Chip the Chip the Ripper, he does the first verse, the choruses, and then Cuddy just has the second verse, and that's it. And it just doesn't fit the whole style of the album. It, like I said, it sounds like '90s R&B, a '90s slower rap song. There's nothing good about it. I, I just don't care. It doesn't add to the context of the story at all lyrically. It just I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't no, I, I agree. I have nothing. I have nothing positive to say about this. And I always yeah, forget so this song even fuck. fucking exists. I do too until to it comes on, and then I'm yeah. like, oh wait, what is this? And then I hear up, up and away, and I'm like, oh okay, yeah, this is fucking bad. Yeah. So yeah, up, 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 oop, oop. Oh. up, up oh. and away is the last song on here. Uh, where does this sit banger wise for you? This is my AB. I like this song. This is my seven B. Yeah. Okay, I'm better than you. Okay. Um, well, this is definitely the happiest, most uplifting song on the record. The beat, the melody, lyrics—it just bounces along so nice, so yeah. nice. And just to, I and mean, the chorus. We we just we just really went into the to the shit with this one, but uh, just to consolidate all of my notes into one line here, I, I I think this song is just like the end of the journey we just went through. This is a lighthearted take at the concept of, well, I can't fix it, so fuck it. And then being okay with that concept. That's what I think the yeah. song is about. And up, up, and away. Like, he's moving away from... from He's, he's moving on. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I think you're right. I think this is... I, and I also think this is the perfect way to end the record. The somber, depressing parts of this record. I think this is a perfect way to end it. Otherwise, yeah, I, I don't think there's much more to talk about on this song, really, honestly. No, that's... that's I, uh, I bet it... That's that it. And then common, so though. common throws in uh, some stuff at the end, and it's cool and stuff to contemplate, and it's fun. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. fun, yeah. It is. So let's. Um, we're not going to talk about the bonus tracks. There's like three bonus tracks. I don't want to do that. I don't no. really want to talk about the videos. I don't really care too much for them. I watched them. I whatever. Yeah, I'm, whatever. I don't. Whatever. whatever. Uh, I do like the cover art, though. I forgot who did it. I forgot to look up who did the cover. But I I don't I, like this cover art. I really I, I think it's super cool. I, I love the colors, the purples and orange. I like the colors. And, I just wish like his head f- was brushed into the moon smoother. It just looks like two different okay. pictures put up next to each other. In the middle part, it, it's just I don't know, muddled. Like like the top of his head, I think should have been in line with the top of the moon. No, I don't know. Like the symmetry. No, I get it. Symmetry. I get it. Symmetry is off. 
I think it's more the colors that I really like. I, th- I just think it's it's just aesthetically it looks nice. But I do get what you mean with the symmetry of it. But I, yeah, like I said, I don't remember who did the cover. And um, I'm not going to look it up right now. So let's give our final thoughts on the record. Uh, we will rate this record based off of our world-famous three-point rating system, where three is a perfect album, two is a good album you're going to continue to listen to. One is a bad album, give it a shot, and zero is the worst thing you've ever heard. So what do you got? Go. This is uh, this is like opening the door for so many other rappers of this era. This is something that, that we've just never, never heard up until this point. Yeah, there were other people doing this. There was a lot of conscious rap that was dealing with bigger issues i don't want to say bigger issues the same type of issues that cuddy was dealing with but this is something uh i don't know man this is something unique this is something very very different like like the whole rhyme series collective in, in like the minnesota era area and and even like jedi mind tricks tribe called quest a lot of these groups were doing the same type of deeper emo feelings but Cuddy did it mm. in a way that spoke to like, like us, the pop punk kids, the pop punk white kids from from Esperanza High School. That's <laughs> that's what's truly remarkable about this album is that this is digestible for not just hip hoppers, but also like pop punkers, for kids that like like My Chemical Romance, for kids that that all shapes and sizes, dude. This is like something for everybody. This is so catchy. Mm-hmm. This is so poppy. But this is also so like aggressively hip hop, but then this is also kind of like he has Ratatat, which are musicians. They are kind of like pop punkers in their own sense. I don't know. This 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 transcends so many different genres, so many different lifestyles, so many different walks of life. That uh, it's just not it's just not it's not talked about enough. Kid Cudi's out there. He's been doing records since this. He's been in movies. He's been in TV shows. He has his own TV show. He's done on tour. Lot. He's done a lot of stuff. But he's a lot still of mediocre stuff. Oh god damn, he does a lot of mediocre stuff. <laughs> Which oh, we didn't even fuck. touch upon. I know, because but... I don't want to just I yeah, cause that's just not Yeah, I don't want to soil this episode with mediocrity. But I, I just I just I god damn. This 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 album is truly, truly unique. This album is truly, truly special. And uh I don't know. I this I mean this conceptually it's perfect. It it presents an idea it explores that idea from beginning to end and gives you a little bit of nuance in between as like a hip-hop album i also think this is perfect the beats are there the flow is there there's a little bit of like nuance to the way he does things he has guest rappers in there minus that that higher song but even as like a just like an like an emo album like an emo album from the Mm -hmm. hot topic era this is perfect too this is perfect in all sense of the fact this is this is wow, not is a perfect album. album? This, of course it's a perfect album. It's silly. Oh talk. my God. This is absolutely perfect. This is through and through from beginning to end. One of the best, like through and through, conceptually accurate things of what he is trying to tell you. What not every song is a banger though. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't Man. matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. From beginning to end, we are trying to tell a story. We are trying to get a theme across. And every song does that. Even that that higher song, it's there. I don't like it. You don't like it. It's not very good, <laughs> but it's there. This sets out to do something. It achieves that goal perfectly. Even though I don't like the way it does it all the time, mm-hmm. I like the way it does it as, as a whole. I don't know. 
There's not a lot of whole. I mean, like Pinkerton's one that I can off the top of my head that I always just think about. But like conceptually, albums like concept albums like that, there's not a lot out there that have a goal and achieve it perfectly. It's just not. It's hard. Okay. It's tough. Fair. It's really tough. It's tough. Three out of three, man. You're fucking. You're nuts. You're nuts. That's not. I mean, that's not nuts. (laughs) All right. uh, My final thoughts. I I I agree with you that this is a a great a great combination of so many different genres from the emo to the pop punk to hip hop conscious hip hop um what Kanye was doing what uh, he was he was he did so much on this record stylistically um not just musically but vocally too he he was all over the place he was rapping fast he was doing the, some of the more spoken word stuff to the Kanye kind of stuff it's it's pretty incredible i mean this is his debut record I mean, mind you, he did have a lot of backing with Kanye and Jay Z and everything like that. But you know, it's it's still a it's still a great record. And conceptually, I think this is this is fucking awesome, man. The five acts um, I could do with a couple of the songs. They're not really necessary, but in the end, it 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 still all kind of it just still works really really well. And um, I don't know. I would just be re- be re- repeating myself. Repeat uh, it, baby. I, I love it. I love this. No, it's fine. Fucking fantastic. No, it, it is. So it, goddamn it really good. Is. And and on top of that, I mean, he was super vulnerable. A lot of things in hip hop, even in um, even in emo culture, a lot of emo and 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 pop punk of the mid two thousands, early and mid two thousands, were just whiny assholes. Like they really had nothing to say. They were just crying because they their girlfriend broke broke up with them or whatever. I don't know, whatever dumb reason it's, this is like him truly saying like, this is my deepest, darkest, these are my deepest, darkest emotions and, and, and feelings. And I really thought that was cool. I really, really thought it it, it was impressive. Honestly, Uh, some of his wordplay was, was really amazing. And, um, I love the honesty of this record and uh, it just sucks, man. He just never did anything great after this album. And we listen to a lot of his music after this, and it's a lot of just C material, just not very good, man. Just boring. It's just it's not even bad. Like it's not. Don't even stuff soil that, it. Don't soil it. Okay, I was okay. Sorry. Okay. okay. Always in the high. Always uh, end the high note. Always in the high note. Know, know. Okay. Know. okay, you're right. You're right. You're right. I went to Negative Town. You did go to Negative um, Town. Don't stay there. <laughs> so, yeah. In the end, this is a fantastic record. Unique in every way i really love it i don't think it's perfect um but i'm still gonna give this a 2.8 2.8 out of three it's up there it's just it's those couple songs those couple things that i just i can't get behind and i cannot give it a perfect three it just won't happen but i love the theme of it i love the concept of it so 2.8 out of three this is uh i I always i always enjoy and this sounds uh, this sounds terrible but it makes them more human I always enjoy hearing like this fatal flaw in in artists, and we we mm-hmm. talked about it like when Buck Owens and his his boy Don Rich, the guitarist, died. Right, and Buck said like he was never the same after he died. That was like his best friend, and he just yeah. he never recovered from that. And that kind of when you put those kind of like human qualities, because that's what happens in real life. That's what happens to normal fucking people is when somebody yeah. dies. Like that part of you also dies with them. And it's kind of cool to hear that in, in artists that you respect and admire 
to still think that like, oh wow, you're still human because like Robert Plant's not human, right? Jimmy Page, Paul McCartney, <laughs> they're, 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 people aren't human. No, like how the fuck can I possibly relate to these people? You can't. <laughs> but like yeah. Kid yeah. Cudi, you can. The fucking Buck Owens, you can. These people you can relate to because they are kind of going through the same emotional shit that you go through on a daily basis, except the fact that you just don't have nearly as much money as they do. But they're human, True. and that's cool. And I like that, and, and it's, it's a weird thing to say because it's kind of fucked up, but it's, it's, I, I, I enjoy that. I enjoy connecting with an artist on that level, knowing that they're human still. I totally agree with you on that. But um, I don't know. Do we have anything else on this? Should we kind of end it? What do you think? That's it. That's it. That's all, baby boy. All right. Well, I mean, this this episode actually turned out much better than I was expecting. This has been a really good episode. I've enjoyed myself. I've enjoyed talking about this record. It's been uh, it's been a good time. Been a good night. So thank you all for listening. You know what to do. Give us five stars on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Reach out to us. Tell us what you think and how amazing we are because we are the best. So uh, with that, thank you for listening, and that's it. That's all. Can you whistle me? Also, the the chorus, the melody in the chorus. The I'm on I'm on the pursuit of happiness, and I know everything that it's it's so good. It's so fucking good. And the solo, I mean, really we got a solo here, on that, but right? Yeah, no, it was oh, good. Yeah. You, it was good. It was you, you did a good job. <laughs> Sound just like it. There's a solo here, and it's You're really so good. <laughs> You're so annoying, dude. <laughs> Again, like just really, really good guitar tone. And and 